0: What do a dentist and a gynecologist have in common beyond our lips? A podcast where best friends and
1: practicing doctor moms use their gift of gab and professional passions to entertain, educate, and inspire. I was like, do you feel like people think that about us?
0: Totally. <laughs> the relaxing part, I don't know. Maybe not. Like, they're like,
1: you know, I just need to hear their voices.
0: It's probably <laughs> no. Michelle. <shout> out. <laughs>
1: she call. was like, I haven't seen them in a while. And then you turn on
0: their podcast. <laughs> it's probably like, yeah, your mom. Mainly. I'm sure. <laughs> she could just call, especially now that she's got all the time in the world. <laughs> we're tired. If you really want to hear our voices, you could just call. Um, <laughs> That's true. So we were talking about Tori. Oh, right. Actually, to go back a little bit more. Yeah. We're talking about intuition a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Intuitive practice. Yes. And how we're really enjoying this time in our careers when intuition kicks in.
1: Yeah. We're like, you're not researching something every second. And also, you just get feelings, which can be... I feel like instead of only remembering the ones that I got wrong, I like
0: remember only the ones I got right so now I just feel like my intuition is so good I think that's awesome I think it's best to to do that because when you focus on the ones you got I mean you learn from the the ones you got wrong you learned from so I mean it's still right in the end because now you can connect whatever you saw in that to what it ended up being and that still contributes to your intuition but just just the getting the phone call and then it's like this person called and they're freaking out, they have a sore here, there, or whatever, or just listening to a few little symptoms and knowing, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's gonna be this and then being right. That's so satisfying. It's the best. It's the best. It Especially really is. when you just like we go over a lot of our phone calls and, and emergencies and different things in our morning huddle where we all get together and just talk about the day's patients and sometimes yeah. I'll diagnose it in the huddle. I'm like, I bet that's gonna be this. Ooh, that's and, fun right, so most of oh well, no i shouldn't say most of the time but some of the time so which brought us to the thing about the tori which um are just some people have them they're just bony growths they're usually if you have it on the upper you have it in the mid the middle part of your palate and it just feels like a little a little lump or a bump but it's hard bone so Is it it's a just small one or a big they one? can be big They can be really small. So some people have a really vaulted palate, so it's going to, like, be really, really concave up there. And then some people have the tori, which are um, protuberances that you can feel. I feel
1: like you need to tell me. I don't ever think I have one of those, but now, because we're talking and probably everybody in their car is feeling the top of their mouth. You should. Mine feels like
0: an imp. Well, like that. So that means you probably have a little small one. Like I have teeth ridge, divot mound divot yep. teeth ridge. that's it yep you probably do have a little one and some people have very large ones i think I, I do recommend everyone right now just stick your tongue up into the roof of your mouth and feel and see if it feels smooth and concave or if you feel a protuberance now you can also have them on the bottom so on either side of your tongue on the inside part of your mandible or your lower jaw you can also have them not thinking i have that you would probably know if you had those. Usually, a lot of times your dentist is going to point that out when they see you, but not necessarily. This just so, feels like me, and I'm, it doesn't feel stressful. Exactly. It's, yeah. If it's something you've always had, and so we we had a patient recently who was—that's <laughs> a problem.
1: It did sound like our oh, ceiling was having sex.
0: Unless okay. you can hear it, then so, it stays. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear it. It's it's weren't cooling off a little bit in here okay so we we're back okay. we had to pause for a moment um, <laughs> we're back we're really back yeah we're back in the attic woohoo and um so my husband's been kick, kicked out of here he's back at the office and it's but it's really hot up here so we had the fan going so if you heard that shouldn't hear it now if you didn't hear it just ignore all ignore this ignore it okay. i found it amusing so <laughs> It was like all we could hear for a second. Um, So, people that have them on the bottom, a lot of times they're a little bit more aware of it because your tongue is constantly hitting those. Bummer. Or your dentist will point that out to you. Or sometimes they can grow so large that they can almost touch each other. They take the place where your tongue should be. Pretty much. Underneath there. Then you do this. I mean, stick your tongue out a little because it, it didn't. Couldn't really, lay down flat. I guess if they got really bad, you could, it could impede your tongue from resting. But for the most part, tongue being a muscle, it kind of adapts. And so, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes expand into the area that's given to them and then sometimes the opposite. So they're usually um, pretty mild, but I'd feel around for those two. And the main reason is because. If you eat a tortilla chip or if you burn on with pizza or if you happen to um, have a surgery where you get intubated, a lot of times they will get scratched along the way and then you'll develop an ulcer on either, either on the top or on the bottom or the one on the top and if you don't know that they're there now you have a painful area on top of this protuberance that you never knew was there and then you start thinking you may have something serious going on. So we've had we've had a few people who recently who have kind of noticed these for the first time and they kind of freak out a little bit so we had a patient like that where they said so and so called and they have an ulcer and the top or they have a rough spot in the top of their mouth. They didn't know it was there. It's really hurting. It's they're freaking out. They say it's like white and red and it looks gnarly and all this. And instantly, my mind goes to Torah. I'm like, that's probably a Torah. And they're like, I don't know. They're freaking out. They think it might be an infection. They they're gonna want some antibiotics. I'm like, yeah, it's a Torah. And then the patient comes in, and sure enough, it's a Torah. So that felt good. Well, that's a word I've never known. You can yeah. use it in Scrabble. Mm-hmm. Torah. Like it. It's the plural of Taurus. I think your upper one may be just a Taurus singular, and your <laughs> lower ones are Tauri. So, Dennis, out there, I'm sorry if I'm totally botching it. Might be, but you get the point. It works. It works. Yeah. It's like a, one time I had a patient. I have two fun
1: stories kind of similar. One, this patient had to come in. She was freaking out. She knew she had a breast lump. She was very worried about cancer. So, we got her in quickly, and then I go in there fully prepped for something scary, and I I look at her skin and I say, that looks like a bug bite. And she was like, oh, you think? And I was like, I do. And she was like, well, probably. And that was like the end of the chaos that day. And then I had another person who came in, very similar story, very anxious. Not the same person. That would be weird. But she was like freaking out. She needs to have, she kept saying something. I need an MRI because i guess google tells you like mammograms are not enough which is not true for most people mammograms is fine but she was like i need an mri i need an mri and i was like okay well let me look at it i looked at it i was like "Mm, that looks like ringworm and she was like it's not i'm gonna need i mean she was not convinced so i left the room and i said i'll biopsy it if it makes you feel better because it's on her skin and i came back in she was like i looked i looked at google it it does look like Rewind. And I was like, yeah, I think it
0: is. But she insisted I still do a biopsy. Interesting. I know, it, it went away in due time. So, and she didn't believe you, but once Google, Google. Yeah. confirmed. now see, tricky, man. That's interesting. Tricky. Yeah. I wondered, I was just thinking that, I wonder if you do have issues with people questioning and things like that. I think you, so. It can be hard. Yes. I mean, I think every
1: doctor has to deal with Dr. Google And then there are sometimes, like, I'm like, why don't they just Google this? Like, what? This is an easy situation. Um, But then there's not a lot of reputable sites for real medical problems a lot of the time. But there was actually a study in our Nerdy Green Journal that we look at that had Like a study looking at the top 50 websites that people Google and see the word endometriosis. And like the first 50 on Google that come up are not scientific evidence-based. Oh, wow. So like you have to dig hard to find something that's actually really scientific and evidence-based and something you could hang your hat on, which is why you still need to see your doctor who has the background knowledge and all those websites. But so that was fascinating to me to have a project that looked at what people are looking and what they are getting. And you're not always getting accurate information
0: i i want to give myself credit and think that i take for granted the fact that i can tell a reputable website or a reputable article from another but i, I mean i'm sure i've been duped before too you know because i look stuff up all the Who time doesn't? like i tell yeah. my moms especially my pregnant ones like
1: okay i'm gonna need you to stay off google i'm gonna need you to stay off pinterest and facebook groups because they are only going to lead to chaos or cancer. And then they giggle a little bit. And
0: I'm like, that's the only place they're going. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're only going to click if it's chaos or cancer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be a very useful resource, though. Like you said. Yeah. It can it can oh, avoid yeah. a visit if it's an ulcer or ringworm. Like a tiny rash. Yeah. Maybe
1: see if you can find it. Yeah. Unless it says it's chaos or cancer.
0: And then just go ahead and And call. then just go ahead and make a doctor's <laughs> At the end of the day, Google does not have intuition. See, that's the thing. I mean, that thing where you take one look at someone and you know, okay, this is serious or this is not serious. That's a skill, I think, that gets honed. I mean, you get it a little bit when you're in school, but, like, I think that you really hone it over years of... Um, practice and it makes it really it makes it fun and that's the thing that again they, they can't really train you I mean you can have the background which we do but then it's just that learning curve of just seeing the same things over and over and over again and knowing where they lead and then being able to just connect the dots yeah I it's
1: agree pretty cool it is oh I was going to tell you about um night Winston and how ridiculous he was this past weekend because it's a fun mom share so, dude's got this, like, pencil sharpener. Like, old school. Looks like what you, like, do your makeup pencils with. Okay. Like a basic pencil yeah. sharpener. Yeah. So, it looks like a Lego. Right. Which was probably made in the 80s. It was at the lake house. Anyway. So, it's there. And we're like, oh, night! It's a pencil sharpener or a crayon sharpener. Look in it. There's knives in there. Probably you should go put it back up, but it's used to sharpen your pencils. Don't ever put a finger in there. Flash forward five minutes. Homeboy is like cuddled in the corner, bleeding, but not talking to us. And we're like, Knight, what happened? And then he's just like, no. And we're like, "Night, did you stick your finger in the pencil sharpener? <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. So I give him a towel and it's the funnest thing to like have him when he's tearful and regretful and won't do that again. Tiny little cut. And then I'm like, tell your brothers, tell your brothers what you did.
0: And his little face goes, stuff my finger in the pencils now.
1: And I think, what morons am I raising? After <laughs> <I laughs> you had just said, don't. There are knives <laughs> in this hole. Don't go there
0: well i mean it's finger shaped the opening i mean what do you expect <laughs> from the guy i mean uh, it's a perfect fit for his geez. little finger is that him is he the like yes. you said no so i'm gonna do it oh yeah you one. tell
1: Brett. like you could shock yourself with that situation he won't even go near it for the rest of his life Brett's <laughs> like i can't use a hair dryer mom Might shock me, shock me to death. Yep, he's very respectful to risk.
0: Tonight, mm, not so much. He runs right towards them, just towards the trouble. (laughs) That's gonna definitely lead to an interesting uh, life. I'll let you know. (laughs) I'll keep everybody posted. (laughs) It's a good mom story. I saw our famous dermatologist the other day. Oh, yes, you know him. I believe that we're like the trifecta. I tell everyone, because everyone always asks me, I need a dermatologist or I need a gynecologist. So obviously, I tell them, you and Meg. And so I'm like, if you really, really want to do the thing, if they ask for one and not the other, I'll be like... Then you need to go to this one, too, because you get the trifecta. I saw her the other day. Mm -hmm.
1: Dr. Meg Cherry. It's doing great. Renew Dermatology. And she's so knowledgeable. I had a patient that told me some sort of dermatological condition called progesterone dermatitis. And it sounded really fancy and in my lane, because progesterone is a hormone, but out of my lane, dermatitis. And I was like, I don't know. I've never heard of it, but if you say so. And so then I just talk to Dr. Meg and I'm like what is this and it was fantastic it was like when progesterone levels change it can set off things that look like eczema and plaque so it's kind of very much so in that sort of itchy rash situation and can be really mild or really severe it's not super common so it wouldn't be what you're looking for if you have those rashes classically but that's what my patient was convinced she had and then based upon what Dr. Meg told me I thought nope mm -mm. she does not fit the bill of what this person's talking about but of course she knew Progesterone dermatitis—it's the way the dermatologist and me combine. Love Amongst it. many others, yeah. we have
0: skin. We all sort of merge, don't we? At some point, skin
1: everywhere. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a specialty that maybe I don't merge very well with. Usually, orthopedics—not so much. True. if Ortho- there are some pelvic bones
0: and things. There
1: are pelvic pelvic bones. bones. But if they are jacked, it's a really bad situation. Well, like a pelvic yeah. fracture. But one time I did a combination surgical case with an orthopedist. And it was so fun because I never do that. But not fun because my part is, you know, where it lies and took a long time. And they were just waiting on me for a very, very long well, time. So they could fix like a,
0: a broken ankle.
1: Like and someone went
0: under someone to get I, just two yeah, separate procedures? Yeah, I was going to do a
1: GYN procedure on this person, and then she broke her ankle. So then she had to get her ankle fixed, and they were like, well, I got surgery Monday with my gyno. Can we just do them both while I'm out? And we were like, sure. Well, let's do them both while we're out. And two then my surgery was, was supposed to take like five minutes, and it took like 35 minutes. That it happens. <sighs> I was felt kind of bad, but I was like, it's my first combination OB ortho okay. How do you decide who goes first? I know, I wondered the same thing. I think because I needed her up in stirrups so that was going to create leg positioning issues. We just went ahead and did mine and then we went with
0: hers. Makes sense. I think Makes that's sense. why.
1: But like if it was an arm, I don't think it matters.
0: You couldn't go at the same time, could you? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be really cool. I'll
1: just <laughs> whistle while I work down here. <laughs>
0: and then you just <laughs> hook up up there. That may be the future, just like. Could do everything and at one time. I'm oh, sure you know what else done. orthopedics do? Bones. They are bone doctors. They take
1: care of the bones.
0: Important part I mean, of our body. Teeth are bones. Not really. Oh, <laughs> teeth are just teeth.
1: <laughs> And they're the anamel, not bones?
0: They're not bones. I mean, they're the only thing that survives in a skeleton. The en- well, that's because enamel is the hardest substance in the body. Oh. Found in the body. Yeah. But I don't think teeth are technically bones. They're what? similar to bones. They're living in the same way. Like, there are vessels going through the teeth. But not exactly. That's a very rudimentary question. <laughs> we would get you on Jeopardy. I mean, look. Look, you know, there are things that have evolved over the years, like my intuition, and there are things <laughs> that, have, Who knows? that have devolved over the years, like my very basic knowledge. But very basic. To, I could be wrong, but dude, they're not bones. But you know, my
1: level of bone health and screening for bone disorders, because that's kind of where I jump in. I wouldn't consider myself like a specialist by any sorts on like bones, but. I do a lot of screening for osteoporosis and osteopenia, which are fancy names for just your reduced bone health. So, here's what I know. Okay. Give it to me. Our bones are the strongest when we're 20.
0: Of course. Of course. Just like our fertility peaks at like 22. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bones are in good shape then. You need lots of calcium and vitamin D all through adolescence and life. It's good to build those bones. Ooh, fun fact! Oh. Do you know the name of the cells that build up the bones? I do. What's their name? Osteoblasts. Oh my
0: god! I mean, I remembered something from
1: school. This is great because blast <laughs> build. Anyway, so we got those guys working, and then we got the other cells that are trying to like tear down and reabsorb bone. Do you know them?
0: Osteoclast. Whoa!
1: Who's the woman? Yikes! Clasp, mm-hmm. and I couldn't come up with a good one on that one, so it's like chomp your bone away i don't know so anyway we have peak bone mass when we're like 20 and then every year after that we slowly lose a little bit of it until we're dead Mm. so our goal is to lose it super slowly so that our bones stay strong but along the way we kind of have to check in and see how we're doing in relation to that like young healthy 20 year old and how we're doing in relation to people our age and that is what you use a bone density scan for which is cool so anyway Everybody who comes to their well-woman visit and they are of a mature age might be offered a bone density. So you may be asking at home, when, I, when should I get one? So if you have zero risk factors, 65 is even an okay time to start getting your bone density. But there's lots of sneaky risk factors, including your age itself, your race. If you have a family history, so if grandma or mom would lunched over, with their you know, hunchback and had osteoporosis, whether you know it or not, that may be a risk factor. If you are super thin, that can be a risk factor. If you are a smoker or a drinker, that could be a risk factor. Even if family members have had some fractures when you might not think they'd have a fracture, like a easy fall and they somehow crack a wrist or something. So you may want to be assessing them for what their risks are. And so then you get a bone density and it tells you like... Yep, you're in good shape, or you're in a little bit of a weakened place, or you're in a kind of very
0: at-risk for fracture place called osteoporosis. So, if you have risk factors, depending on how many you have, you lower that age where you start to get that? Correct. Yeah. So, a lot of doctors will run them, like, it's rare to
1: have one less than 50. Okay. Okay. But rare is not never. There are some subpopulations where you might want to look a little bit closer. But over 50, it's really like anybody got bone problems in your family, osteoporosis, mom with weakened bones, that's the way I phrase it. And if the answer is yes, or you know they're a smoker in their chart, or they are a thin, predominantly Caucasian woman is a risk factor, um, then you may introduce the idea
0: of it sooner. My mom has it actually. And she had some swelling in her foot. I mean, and just random swelling in her foot. Let's say she's 63 now. And so this was maybe three or four years ago. Um, So late 50. Is that right? I guess so. Late 50s. Anyway, so then they ran all the blood work and all that and realized, I think she has a pretty mild case, but now she does like get the once yearly... Shot mm-hmm. for it, so I guess that would mean I have a risk factor. Obviously, you do. You yeah. already
1: have a risk factor. Yeah, um, my mom as well. I don't think she'll mind saying that. Have some weakened bones that we need to tweak, and that brings us to how to take care of it. it sounds like your mom's in a good situation where they're probably doing something to slow the bone resorption. And they do it once a year. The most common ones are um, Abandronate and Alendronate. They're called bisphosphonates. They have name brands that maybe have reps that look like Sally Fields and Blythe Danner um, for a reason. Um, Remember risk factors. Um, But a lot of people are nervous about those. And I would encourage you not to be super nervous about taking those medications. They're nervous because you hear a lot of horror stories about people who don't tolerate it. But likely seven to eight out of ten people are going to tolerate it pretty darn well. But they are not for people who have
0: severe heartburn and that sort of thing. A crossover point. Yep. Um, if you're on bisphosphonates and you have to have a tooth extracted, mm-hmm. there is a rare, um, rare complication of osteonecrosis. I, love it. uh, I was raising job. my hand. Yeah, she's I like, know. I want to answer. I know. I should have asked. I should have asked you if you knew that complication since we're playing the quiz game. But that Mm -hmm. is really a zebra in the field of horses. It it should
1: not mean that you don't do your bone health medications.
0: It's just a good, another great reason to take really good care of your teeth so that you don't need to have an extraction at that point in time and you don't even have to worry about that risk because if we're taking care of our gums and our teeth, then we're not even needing to go down that path at all. And it doesn't apply to root canals, by the way. A lot of people think that is, like, any dental work or root canals or anything. It doesn't apply to root canals. It's only extractions or, like, other serious jaw surgeries. If you are on bisphosphonates and you have to have a tooth
1: extracted, Mm Mm-hmm. Is there like a preventative strategy for that? Or is it just like, just so you
0: know, your risk is higher? A little bit of both. So we may look at a different modality. So if it is a tooth that maybe can be saved another way, we might cut the crown off and just do a root canal and try to leave the roots in the bone or we may try to time it it's one of those things where or we may run some blood tests and things to see where your levels are before they do that that's something that you just want to really discuss with the oral surgeon who will be monitoring that and there's definitely some mitigation strategies for after if we're seeing reduce healing or things like that. And so sometimes if it is a tooth that is, is hurting and there's not a lot of tooth left, like I said, we could just do a root canal, cut the crown off, leave the root right in the bone, and it's fine. Once you've had a root canal most of the time in a root, your risk for infection is very low. So That's fascinating. Wow, we're so
1: interrelated. I, but, I know. are not the only thing you can do. It's usually first-line option. But there are other things that people do to slow the bone resorption Things like estrogens, if you don't have a contraindication to estrogens, which is a big deal. It definitely is an office visit, um, sometimes with your GYN, sometimes with a bone specialist. You can do things that are like estrogen receptor modulators, which is a fancy way to say a drug that will be pro-estrogen in some tissues, a.k.a. your bones, which is good. Estrogen is one of those factors that's really good for bones, or and also anti-estrogen at the level of the breast maybe an area where you don't want to be enhancing estrogen exposure so there's some good medications that way and those are all for just not osteoporosis which is getting to a more severe level but osteopenia or low bone mass is another way to say it to kind of help in that realm but once you get to the good old osteoporosis which sounds like it should have been a halloween villain I mean,
0: it is it is a it is it sounds scary. scary. I um,
1: agree. <laughs> there are some big daddy medicines that will work a little bit differently that will actually have much improvement on your bone scans, which you won't get any more frequently than every two years, even in the worst of cases, because it takes a lot of time for these medicines to work. This brings me all to say, why do we even care? Because we don't want anybody to have fractures unnecessarily. If you are 80 years old or older and you have a hip fracture you only have about a 50 50 shot from recovering from that um go down even further if you're like older than 60 you may have as much as a 20 to 30 percent chance of not fully recovering from a hip fracture so it's really a big deal to keep your bones as strong as possible and take good care of them so first line screening is with your primary care or your gyn Mm -hmm. and making sure that they assess your risk for needing that scan can you Go over real quick just what causes osteoporosis in older age. Oh, it's that resorption I was talking about. Um, So to my knowledge, it's the fact that your osteoblast cannot build up bone faster than your osteoclasts are resorbing them. And almost all of it's related to your genetics. The risk factors can be there, and they will tweak your risk in some ways. But from what we already know about science, most of it's your genetic makeup. The way you are. Some people's are going to slow faster. Some people's are going to slow more slowly. So it just sort of depends on where your family history And is the lies. hormone
0: loss related to that, right? Of course. Is menopause? There's a big dip around mm-hmm. menopause.
1: So, you know, 20, hormones are racking. Yeah. The estrogen's helping. Everything's good. And then at 50, we do the mini And then the hormones tank down, which is... You know, for some people think of it as pathology, meaning like a problem. And then some people just think that's physiologically what we do. But we're in modern times, people. And just because that's what we do doesn't mean we don't have good things to sort of slow that process so we can live longer, healthier lives.
0: Better quality of life, too. And other things that you can do to help prevent. Oh, preventative is hard, but to
1: slow and to help. You want to have good absorption of calcium and vitamin D, and there are good recommendations on in each range, each age frame, what level of calcium and vitamin D you need to have in your diet. Um, very, very important in adolescence, but throughout your whole life, it's an okay thing to try to supplement that in some ways. It's not going to make the biggest change. I get a lot of people who I call about their weekend bones. We found it on a bone scan, and they go, okay, well, I just want to do calcium and vitamin D. And very politely, I said, that is good for you. But that is not going to change where the outcome is going with your fracture risk. Um, But I want you to do it because it's not bad for you. Um, Other ways to modulate, you can do like resistance exercising. So there's got to be more studies long term to look at all the exercises that are particularly good for bones. But right now, things like resistance bands, swimming, low impact exercising is a really good thing for bone health. But then just strategizing. If you are of a mature age, Decreasing your risk for falls because that's also going to increase your risk for fractures. So maybe don't have gratuitous amount of rugs that are peeling up and lips everywhere and just kind of extra stuff, stairs limited, that sort of stuff. If you have limited mobility, you really want to pop in and help that out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We We were talking about that recently that I get a lot of patients usually, you know, in that age range that break an ankle, break a wrist just on a step are stepping off of a curb, or the most mild, innocent things, you know, either they take a a fall harder than they should have, maybe their balance, your balance is not as good, your tendons are weaker, your muscles are weaker, or they're more susceptible to fracture when they do fall, but we were actually just talking about that this week, about how all the things that can happen just from a stair or, you know, a rug that's curled up or. And so I wonder, too, from an exercise standpoint, if, you know, maintaining our balance, doing some balance and yoga, things like that can, can kind of help keep you from going down in those situations.
1: Right. And other times to be very mindful of these things, because you don't have to be of a mature age to have these risk factors. My moms who are going to breastfeed for a very long time, they're going to have a temporary decrease in their bone mass. Um, if you have difficulties with an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. if you have low bone mass that way, then, um, you know, having less peripheral tissues means you make less estrogen, which means your bones are less robust. So if that is you or a loved one, then, keeping an eye on where their bones are is probably pretty darn important um anything that keeps you in a progesterone dominant state people are on like depo provera shots for a long time it's a great birth control route Um, but if you're on it for a very long time it'll have this transient dip in your bone mass which means you need to be more careful during that time and once you're off that treatment once you stop breastfeeding once you were in recovery for your disorder then your bone mass should come back to where it would naturally be
0: very interesting. I did not know all those were factors. My mom mm-hmm. felt like she had always taken calcium her whole life and she had kind of stopped. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And she was, the, she just blamed it on that. No, but no I lot. knew, I know, right? Don't but blame w- yourself. But what you were saying about the genetics, I think, is really important for her to understand. And I think she understands that now, but I know that was one of the, and we all have that tendency when something happens like that to think, oh, I did this wrong, or I did that wrong, or I ate something, or I, you know, I've had those moments in my life when things, bad things happen, and I want to blame it on something that I did. But I'm, I think that's really important what you said about genetics because it just kind of gets us off the hook on some of those bad thoughts that come in.
1: No. Years ago, we all died at like 35 or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so all Try. the
1: ailments that we're getting past that point, it's because we're living long lives and we're going to have even the most healthy people are going to have blood pressure issues. Your vessels
0: are old. Right, right. You're going absolutely. to have weakened
1: bones. Your bones are old.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah. And she, she, we do have it on her side of the family. She's mm-hmm. her mom, her sister, and so yeah. there's no doubt in my mind that there's a genetic component. Poor eyesight. Your eyes are old. I know. I know. It's it's part of the process. It's natural. I mean, you it's know, totally natural, totally natural, and we're we do our best to like accept it, but also mitigate oh, yeah. it. Right? Exactly. That was really good. Bones, bones. They're very important. <laughs> do You know that song, Them Bones."
1: What is that? Do I? I That's don't know. a. Is that a Halloween song? I don't know. And there's also like, thigh bones connected to
0: the. I uh, sure yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Should them. we wrap up the bone segment with the um Bones of the Body song? I'm thinking not. Bone Thugs in Harmony? Now that I know. Okay. <laughs> Anyone who was in high school in the 90s knows that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, take
1: care of yourself and your loved ones. You yes. heard all this beyond our lips.
0: We'll see you next
1: time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Beyond Our Lips. We hope you have been entertained, educated, and inspired.